we go virtual. There has been a lot of innovation in ML recently and on the show this week we focus on one such innovation, Scylla Health. The global community is racing to slow down and halt the spread of COVID-19. Globally, the virus has spread to 150 countries and from Angola to Zimbabwe, they have shut down and totally banned social gatherings so as to limit the spread of this epidemic. Some of these countries start so as to disseminate information to health and community. Welcome to this week's show of the Tech Garage. I'm your host, Sean. And in this week's show, we speak to Babu Signoni, the founder of Triple Black Agency. He walk us through and tell us more about Sila Health. Who is Babu Signoni? Babu Signoni is a self-taught Zimbabwean innovator who's focused on the uses of artificial intelligence on the, on the African continent. Um, I've done a lot work in the artificial intelligence space. Uh, I think particularly in 2016, I created what Forbes magazine called the world's first football commentator for the UEFA Champions League final. And since then I've worked with the UNHCR innovation um, agency and um, I've worked on my own personal projects as well within the AI space, specifically for African people. Can you give us a brief overview of Triple Black Agency? So Triple Black Agency, is an agency I founded, um, and it's uh, it's it's a digital innovation and product development company focused on removing the barriers to the creation of new technology. Um, and we're headquartered in Amsterdam with an office in Cape Town, and we build solutions that translate to groundbreaking technologies uh, to a spectrum of user types using a human-centered design approach. And basically what that means is that we are able to work with emerging technology and make it understandable to people for everyday usage um, and particularly African people. And this enables us to provide solutions for clients, including, um, you know, UN arms, advertising agencies and government departments, and mostly uh, using artificial intelligence as a technology base. I see you have a diverse group of people you're working with the Triple Black Agency. How is it important when it comes to networking and collaborating to create interesting and amazing products? It's pretty important because um, I think the thing that sets us apart is our ability to translate the super complicated and technical into something that is very accessible. So um, I met our Chief Technology Officer, Rob, while working on another project in Cape Town and he's someone who understands a variety of technologies and is able to work in a way that basically allows us to work with bleeding edge tech um, very quickly and um, in a very nimble way. And I met Natalie Dixon in, um, in Amsterdam, um, but she's actually a South African and she heads up the research for the agency. So the coronavirus happens and then Scylla Health is born. What made you come up with this idea of creating Scylla Health? So Scylla Health is an idea that has been floating in my head for close to 10 years now. Um, 
I always had this idea of digitizing doctor-patient experience in, in African countries, but um, I guess at the time that I thought about it, the barriers to entry were pretty high, and, and a lot of the technology that would be necessary in order to carry this out successfully was non-existent. And um, I finally um, had some time uh, in 2019 to really sit down and, and figure out what would be a solution that can work within the African context as it stands right now to help bridge the gap between Africa's doctors and its patients, which sometimes can be one to 50,000. And I found that natural language processing, uh, which is the arm of artificial intelligence that deals with the way computers understand the way humans speak um, had made great strides and um, this was something that we were able to pick up and create um, a product around um, which could be accessible on chat platforms. So that's your WhatsApp, that's your Facebook Messenger, that's your SMS, but also be able to work on those platforms as if it belonged there. and. Um, we worked on building it, that's myself and Rob, um, in, in, in August and in September we were finally able to launch. So, right. yeah, it, it, right. it kind of feels like we just came out of the blue uh, um, during the coronavirus uh, crisis, like at its peak, but we were actually, um, we built this in the hopes of helping people access healthcare remotely while also enabling governments and, and, and organizations to have a bird's eye view of what is happening in very remote areas in terms of the rise of symptoms and symptom trends and how best to allocate resources to people who previously would not be accessible at such a scale. With the advent of the coronavirus, many chat apps have popped up from the World Health Organization and one from the Ministry of Health and Child Care. What sets Sila apart from these other apps that have been introduced so far? Um, I think for us the trick is that we already existed as a solution for the access of healthcare on chat platforms. So the, the COVID-19 assessment was something that we just added to our, our toolkit for uh, healthcare access in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, so what we already had was uh, doctor-patient uh, conversations via chat. We had the artificial intelligence enabled triage um, tool which used um, like your normal conversation so you can just tell it I have a headache um, and I have a fever and it can pick up what exactly it is that you might be suffering from from your conversational um, uh, exchange. And then we also had a term lookup service as well. So there are things such as MRIs that not that many people know but that are part of a holistic diagnosis or um, recommendations for next steps uh, and we noticed that a lot of people who were using our service across Africa would ask about these things so we built a way to look up medical terms um, from online repositories and uh, we introduced the COVID-19 assessment of course because of the, the pandemic itself and what sets us apart from um, other um, solutions that might exist um, like you mentioned like the World Health Organization and all that is the fact that we partner with local governments in order to assist them to understand um, the spread of this pandemic uh, because we have data that can be used as a proxy for the actual rate of infections and um, to also assist with contact tracing because we're able to work on such a granular level we're not just equipping you with a questionnaire that people can fill out 
uh, remotely and, and whatnot, we're able to allow you to, to look at who might have this uh, pandemic and how many people they live with in order for governments to make informed decisions on how to allocate resources in those specific areas. And then also we are able to disseminate information um, such as where to go in case you are infected so that people, one, don't go to hospitals where they might clog up the systems and also might infect other people as well. Um, it, we, are, we are able to disseminate this information remotely and, and remotely is key here as well because we're able to, um, I guess World, World Health Organization can do so now, but um, we were among the first to to disseminate this kind of information and, and give this kind of access to healthcare on these kinds of platforms um, with the hope of, of getting to the place where everyone is trying to get to at right now. Where and how can one access the CEDA Health platform? And do I need to pay for it? Okay, so um, that depends on, on, on what your objectives are. So if, you are, if you're feeling unwell, for example, and you'd like to access one of our products, you can either search for Sis Joyce on Facebook. Uh, Sis Joyce is the mascot that we use. It's the uh, personification of the AI um, that we have as it exists on Facebook Messenger. So just search for, open Facebook Messenger and search for Sis Joyce and it'll pop up. Or if you would prefer to contact us via WhatsApp, you can just send hi to plus three one six eight six two five one zero zero five i'll just say that again it's uh hi just send hi to plus three one six eight six two five one zero zero five congratulations you've hit five hundred thousand messages exchanged on your Scylla health platform my question is where are all these users coming from and who are your main users are they all from africa Zimbabwe. Thank you very much. Yeah, the 500,000 is a really big milestone, especially considering the fact that we're self-funded. So um, uh, everything that has gone into building the product and scaling it out has been something that has been a very informed and, and measured response to what people need and also what we're able to build and at what pace as, you know, a self-funded organization. And um, um, our users are, uh, I think our largest user base is in Zimbabwe. Uh, followed secondly by Nigeria and then Kenya and then South Africa. Uh, but we have users in in over 45 countries right now around the world. Um, but we uh, have a particular focus on eight African countries. So that's where we actually have concerted um, um, efforts in, in growing um, our, our market base and, and, and understanding as well the needs of users in these places so that we can optimize the product. So it is optimized for people specifically in those eight countries. We come to the privacy and data protection of the users of the Scylla Health platform. What measures has Scylla Health put to protect the privacy and data of your users? So from the beginning, when we started with our product development, we um, were very explicit about how we do not want to hand any personal identifiable information. So we will never ask you for your name and we only ask how old you are, not what your exact date of birth is, for example. We won't ask what your actual physical address is, even with the COVID-19 assessment tool where that might actually assist governments to, you know, like try and get to you. We, as a platform, do not want to collect any information that might compromise the privacy of the people who use the platform. And this is important for us because we are first movers in this market 
And because we're first movers, we have the luxury of innovating faster than policies can be created in order to regulate our movement. So it's an ethical decision for us to ensure that the people who we are trying to help um, do not have their, you know, their rights and liberties taken advantage of while trying to access something that is actually their human right. We um, instead focus on collecting anonymous information that will then help um, the people who provide access to healthcare for these individuals make better informed decisions. And we store this information securely and it is encrypted. And when we do provide like API access um, to uh, like NGOs and governments, all they see is literally cough three, you know, uh, headache four. So it's um, no one, um, we've, we've worked very, very hard to ensure that no one uh, should worry about their, um, their privacy being compromised while using the platform. Um, and this does not mean that we don't run into snags. Um, so an, an example of this is when trying to scale in Nigeria, it is extremely hard to collect even basic information that allows us to, you know, uh, provide uh, like gender specific assessments, for example, to people because of the prevalence of online scamming in that particular country. So there are some things that are geographically specific that we have to navigate in the way that we collect data because there are some things that we take for granted that we can ask in Zimbabwe, for example, that we definitely cannot ask in Nigeria. Um, and, and we have to then, you know, figure out how we can optimize our experience in order to reduce this friction point, which is necessary in the provision of healthcare, but also is one that might just deter people from doing the same. I see you in partnership with the city of Bulawayo. How did the partnership come about and how does it benefit the residents of Bulawayo? Um, so the partnership with the City of Health came because we'd already built the service, as mentioned before, um, in a way that it was able to plug in directly into any healthcare ecosystem for any government. And um, um, there's this uh, super popular um, phrase or idiom um, that, you know, charity begins at home. And as a, as a Bulawayo son myself, it, it made, uh, you know, like complete sense to start in Bulawayo and see what kinds of synergies we can bring out between ourselves and, and the city fathers and um, look at ways that we can partner in order to spread information as quickly as possible to the people who need to hear it the most and then also allow the city to plan and, and have a much more informed, better informed response uh, than like for example um, Actually, I won't say any examples here, but um, allow them to have a, a, an informed response in terms of potential COVID-19 cases in lieu of the availability of testing kits, which we know are scarce, which we know um, have to be used sparingly and when the situation absolutely demands it because of, uh, you know, just the, the prevalence of uh, uh, the prevalence thereof. And um, we we came to an agreement to um, to co-promote um, our chatbots on both WhatsApp and uh, Facebook Messenger, um, and we also um, tailored our service to disseminate information that is specific for Wulawi residents 
um, especially if someone is identified as having uh, or potentially having COVID-19 um, in order for um, the hotlines, for example, to be serviceable immediately without someone having to try and like go to the Willow City Council Facebook page or, you know, try and bring up an old newspaper or something. Um, and it's been going pretty well. Um, we've, we've been seeing like trend-wise um, a correlation between what uh, is showing up in our COVID-19 assessment versus the cases that actually come up um, after testing. So it's, um, it, it's a partnership that we're really proud of in terms of what we were able to bring to the table. Mobile health is booming right now. What role can Sile Health play in helping improve the health services delivery in Zimbabwe and in Africa in general? Um, we can definitely plug the gaps between um, policy formulation and actual last mile healthcare delivery. And um, we can do this only through partnership with government players. Um, so I think the approach that we used with the city of Bulawayo, for example, is one that we would like to replicate in other places. I think it can easily sit in, for example, in the, the Gwanda, like rural district council, for example, like there's, there's, there's lots of, um, local government bodies that are as agile as the city of Bulawayo that we can partner with in order to replicate the success there. With the advent of the fourth industrial revolution, people are worried that machines and AI will take over their jobs. In the case of Silla Health, if it becomes successful, will Silla Health render health workers obsolete? Um, I, I definitely don't think it will render health workers uh, worthless or anything. Um, I think it's just a different way of working. So our platform, um, when we started out, we, um, we just had an Excel spreadsheet with possible questions and answers and then we plug people directly into uh, communication with uh, a healthcare professional. And the only limitation to us connecting every single patient with the doctor is the number of doctors that we have available. So what we're trying to do is to limit the load on our healthcare professionals while trying to assist everyone as much as we can, uh, considering our limitations as well, uh, because it is just artificial intelligence, it's artificial at the end of the day. Um, but Scylla Health is, it, it's a platform, especially for healthcare workers, to connect with patients remotely. So it, it's just, yeah, assume you didn't have to go to work and you could just um, do part of your job at home. Um, you, you can do a symptom triage remotely, assess what might be a rash, ask someone to cough into the microphone and send you a voice note. You know, there's, there's things that we're able to do now with the technology that exists the way it does today that um, should actually change the way we look at traditional concepts like healthcare delivery. Like what does it mean to be a doctor in 2020? I think the pandemic definitely made people shift very quickly uh, into the future. Um, so I'm hoping that when we do emerge from this, we will start to embrace more of these technologies and not be scared of them because we've seen uh, from this crisis that they can be great enablers as well. You spoke about the patient ratio being one doctor to 50,000 patients. How important is machine learning and artificial intelligence in the fight to improve health service delivery in Zimbabwe and Africa in general? 
machine learning allows us to provide some semblance of healthcare at scale. So a, a lot of our, I won't call them competitors, but a lot of solutions that are kind of similar to ours in the field are not AI enabled. And because of that, you know, you, if you just go to the downloads page, it's like five to 10 downloads, for example. Um, and uh, the user bases are like usually in the hundreds because it's hard to connect every single person to a doctor. Um, if you're trying to do that, you either have very long waiting periods um, and then that means the quality of your product starts to go down. People don't really, you know, depend on it as much as they would like to, considering the fact that it's available on the internet and we already have deep behaviors that have us accustomed to getting what we want whenever we want it right now on the internet. So um, machine learning enables us to scale our product um, very widely and machine learning specifically on chat platforms such as WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger means that we're able to go to places that lots of players who are trying to get into the market or who are starting out in the market are not able to go to. Um, we're able to go to rural Gwanda and you know supply our machine learning uh, solution there in a way that people they will understand and take that same thing to Abuja, for example. Um, so we're, I think we have a perfect cocktail of all these emerging technologies, but because we build with people in mind, first and foremost, it doesn't even feel like it's, it's, it's all this tech. As far as you're concerned, you're just using WhatsApp to chat with this entity that might, might be human or not, you never know. We reached out to Silla Health Partners, the city of Bulawayo, and we spoke to the public relations officer, Mrs. Nessa Sampofu. She tells us more about their partnership. As a city, just like the rest of the world, we are faced with the COVID-19 pandemic, which firstly is a global pandemic, but secondly places a very large demand on information. It is our mandate to ensure that our community has access to accurate information about COVID-19, but are also able to get this at the comfort of their home. We know that Mulawai, like the rest of the world, is now technologically based. And to this end, we've been working with Silla Health, which is an African healthcare startup company, which was started by someone from Mulawai who is based overseas. And through this partnership, we've come up with the, an app the application is an information application that is targeting our community. It allows us to engage via chat platforms and it looks at firstly, what is COVID-19? It gives us a breakdown of what the disease is. Then it also tells you what to do, who to contact to get assisted. So as a city, we have developed this application to allow our health workers to obtain information as well as data sets and also share information on COVID-19. During this coronavirus epidemic, we've seen a lot of misinformation and panic across the board. This has brought about innovation in telemedicine. For example, we've seen the World Health Organization and the Ministry of Health and Child Care and of course Silla Health coming up with chat apps to try and solve this problem. We speak to Dr. Begazelan Lobo from Pilo Hospital and this is what he has to say. 
and these apps are, are changing trends uh, they are apps that uh, are being used to share information if you go into the app you see the information what is this condition what is this disease called uh, COVID-19 what causes it uh, the symptoms that you should be worried about and they are, they are interactive so you then get to, to, to input your details so these apps are changing uh, uh, the way we've been viewing health and they are very helpful because you see they, they are cutting down on the numbers at the health facilities reducing the pressure because as people are panicking they can simply get the information at the palm of their hands and as they do that we're seeing that uh, it, it somehow sometimes gives some sense of assure, assurance in terms of some of the symptoms that they may be feeling and it provides this much needed information when there are a lot of uh, when there's a lot of false information that's that that's out there so I, I, I can say these apps are very very helpful because they are they're bringing the information to the people of course we we also know that with it with with anything that's new there are also some things that will be affected but of course we know if there are less people are coming with even symptoms then it also reduces the pressure and the chances of even exposing the healthcare workers the frontline healthcare workers to the disease and uh, so that they can be uh, properly directed to where they're supposed to go in our case to the to the covid centers so it's helping because it also lessens the risk of uh, the healthcare practitioners and even interaction once you find that you've got the symptoms you also call the required numbers that helps of course the 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 negative sides is whenever you're told about symptoms of a major condition you start feeling them so sometimes you start feeling and thinking that you know what I've got this, I've got this. So sometimes it can just increase anxiety. People will think now they have it. And uh, some, some also the other side, uh, they'll actually now start thinking, you know what, because I do not have the fever that they are all talking about, or because I'm not coughing or sneezing, then I can't have this thing. Sometimes it can also bring some so, some, some sense, uh, some false sense of security. So, so people should still get tested when they're encouraged to, to get tested. As we're seeing now with the public hospitals, they are now testing centers. So people, when they are patients, they walk in and they're tested for free. So these are things that, uh, uh, that, 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 that need to also be handled carefully. So we're worried that some will be will get some full sense of assurance but we also know that the positive impact is immense and is changing trends and um, as to how this will affect uh, the health field going on going uh, going into the future this is happening and there's no way that we're going to stop this uh, telemedicine is the new thing and we just need to accept it and this is when we need to combine efforts telemedicine technology and the medicine making sure that information is distributed the right way and making sure that every person who needs to see a health practitioner will see one because the truth is technology can never fully replace uh, the people however it has a significant role that it has to play it will reduce uh, the, the number of visits to the hospital for different people and it will actually allow people to be treated from wherever uh, like what is happening currently in the field of radiology with teleradiology so you can find that a doctor who's in Australia can actually be on call in Canada because when an x-ray is taken it's just sent to their, to their laptop or to their computer to their station computer station in the comfort of their home even at times and then they can interpret it and this is where we're going so I, I believe that there's a role 
of uh, technology and medicine coming together and uh, bringing something that's positive. So we need to, 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 to properly harness all these two parts and bring them together. And hopefully, hopefully this can only mean that people's health will be improved and, and things will get better and better. We've come to the end of this week's show and I hope you found it informative. Until the next one, goodbye for now and stay safe. Thank you.